Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, November 7th at seven minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And we have a couple fights brewing. One between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. The other between Joe Manchin and Joe Biden. So let's get to the Trump fight first with Ron DeSantis. So he gave Ron DeSantis a new nickname. This was during a rally at the Pennsylvania uh, GOP rally Saturday night. He gave him this nickname. He's repeatedly said that he will go for another presidential run. Uh, DeSantis has been named one of the candidates who could challenge Trump for the Republican nomination. But this dig at DeSantis came just days after Trump said that he is very, very, very likely to to run for president again in 24. All right, let's play the audio and then we'll get into it. Go. Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%, Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Okay, so apparently Ron DeSanctimonious is going to be Ron DeSantis's nickname. Now, the definition of sanctimonious is making a show of being morally superior to other people. I have no idea how that fits Ron DeSantis, given that during COVID, while Trump was supporting the lockdowns and destructions of businesses and people in society, Ron DeSantis was doing everything in his power to make sure that regular people could have their lives, while Donald Trump was signing bills along with the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, to add $5 trillion to the national debt, which is a driver of inflation still today, Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis was fighting to keep people going to work every day. Now, look, the good part about this is that on almost every outlet, that because obviously everybody covered this, And Twitter is not real life, but it is an interesting peek into the existence of a group of people that people were pushing back against Trump on this. I saw very few people on any of the outlets that that posted this trying to defend Trump. Mm -hmm. And I think that is phenomenal because this is what we've been talking about with Trump which is he cannot help himself. He's totally in it for himself. And despite having phenomenal instincts in business throughout his life, his political instincts are crap. They're worse than crap, but I can't say that word on these airwaves. <laughs> look at look at all the things Trump did and the people he aligned himself with in his administration and how they all bit him in the ass. And this is another example. The guy has not even been reelected yet. Like, if you want to go after Ron DeSantis and you're both declared presidential candidates, okay. It's bad move, but okay. Ron DeSantis is still running for reelection of the governor mm-hmm. of Florida. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to be on the same team until that election is over with because ain't no election won until it's won. And and Donald Trump came off just like a petty, small, petulant person, which is what he 
is, and this is why he cannot be the Republican nominee for president. He just finds ways. He goes out of his way to alienate people, including Ron DeSantis, who's never said anything bad about Trump. Yeah, it, it, it came across as very childish, didn't it? And a lot of people were saying, oh, come on, Trump, if you're going to do that, at least wait until after the midterms, and then you two can duke it out. A recent poll by Victory Insights says that 50% of GOP voters say they'd prefer Trump as the nominee over DeSantis, while DeSantis got 49.6% of favorability. So the two are very close. And I read something that Donald Trump has now listed his home is in New Jersey. So there could be a potential of the two making up and doing something unified together. And just on Sunday, now it seems this, you know, Saturday, he called him Ron De Sanctimonious. And now on Sunday, they were to rally together where maybe they were trying to make up and make amends. Well, it, 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 it doesn't matter because he can't, he can't, he can't be the nominee. And this is what... And again, the people who will be mad and the flag lady and the boat lady are the mm-hmm. same ladies. She's going to send me an email and be mad at me and say because she sees flags in yards and she sees a boat race that everybody wants Trump. No, they don't. And this is why they don't want this from their president. They want their president to be presidential. And I did think it was very interesting that over the weekend, Ronna McDaniel came out and said that it when Trump declares his presidency, Ronald McDaniel, the head, of the head of the RNC, came out and said that once Trump declares his presidency, they will no longer help him with his legal bills because he's a declared candidate for public office. Mm-hmm. Right now, he is just an ex-president who has been the victim of a political witch hunt. Don't argue with any of that. But once he declares his candidacy for, the, for, for president, he's on his own either with his donors or with his own personal fortune. So you have to wonder... Is somebody going to get a hold of Trump and go, look, the financial ramifications of you running for president and and not having an organized structure behind you? Because let's face it, Trump's legal team, time and again, stinks. I mean, he should have been able to prove a bunch of stuff in 2020, but he had hair dye guy, Rudy Giuliani, with hair dye running down the side of his face. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the who was the other goofball that screwed up in Georgia that went out there and told people not to vote for the Republicans? And, I mean, Lynn Wood. I mean, it's just, just, Trump has terrible instincts, and this was a terrible look, and I'm so glad to see po- people pushing back on him with this. It is being rumored that he will announce his declaration for the presidency a week from today. I've been hearing that it will happen on November 14th. So we will see. That would be after the midterms, but still play nice with your buddies until the midterms are over. All right, let's get to the other fight that is brewing, and that is between Joe Biden and Joe Manchin. Speaking at an event aimed to promote his economic policies in California on Friday, President Biden promised to permanently end coal production in the United States. He said no one is building new coal plants because they can't rely on it. Even if they've all the coal guaranteed for the rest of the existence of the planet. Yeah, we've got the audio here. Take a listen. And all they're doing is we're going to save them a hell of a lot of money and they're using the same transmission line that transmitted a coal-fired electric company. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar. 
But everybody knows this. And Kevin, we're going to skip ahead here. The, 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 the audio we've got down here uh, at the bottom of the segment. Because everybody's known this, Casey. This is what Joe Biden mm-hmm. ran on. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Manchin here in a second being just up in arms and outraged and beside himself and just totally disingenuous behavior from Manchin. But Joe Biden ran on getting rid of coal. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping pipeline infrastructure? There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. They couldn't have been more clear. This Mm -hmm. is the position of the Democrat Party. It's not just the position of Kamala or Biden. It is the official position of the Democrat Party. And so Joe Manchin now, obviously, Mm -hmm. because... He realizes his career is going down and yelling timber because he signed off on this green dream, which put hundreds of billions of dollars of printed money, which is going to drive inflation behind Biden being able to do this. You don't get to say you're outraged. You don't get to say you're upset because you had the opportunity to be outraged and upset and yet you funded the stuff. Well, he is outraged. He is upset. And on Saturday, Joe Manchin said that Joe Biden was being cavalier and divorced from reality after vowing to shutter all the coal-fired power plants. He went on to say comments like these are the reasons the American people are losing trust in Joe Biden. And he believes that Biden doesn't understand the need to have an all-in energy policy. Well, isn't that hypocritical? I mean, he was the last vote for the misnamed Inflation Reduction Act that gave Biden and the Green New Dealers pretty much everything they desired. He did cut that little side deal of his own, and now it's coming to bite him in the butt. And then I love this. So, obviously, people are outraged, and when you've got to... Imagine trying to win an election in Pennsylvania, and you send Biden out there, and he makes this statement. But Karen Jean-Pierre put out, the president's remarks yesterday have been twisted to suggest a meaning (laughs) that was not intended. He regrets it. If anyone hearing these remarks took offense, I don't know, Kate, Casey, seemed pretty clear to me, even in Biden English. Yeah, he has argued that uh, it's cheaper to generate electricity from wind and solar than it is from coal. By the way, how much coal does the United States use? Well, this is from 2018. However, about 687 million short tons of coal were consumed in the United States. And on an energy content basis, this equals to about 13% of our total U.S. energy consumption. Casey, when we come back, we have one of our new, most favorite parts of the show. We have Fetterman Audio. (laughs) It's time for that. Plus, we'll get to trending stories on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Still shots ring out in a bar room. 
minutes after nine with Kendall Casey on 93 WIBC and trending this hour, comedian Kathy Griffin. She has been suspended from Twitter after mocking Elon Musk. This happened on Sunday, the same day she changed her page's title to Elon Musk and mocked him. Musk warned that impersonator accounts without a parody label would be banned, and he did it. Also trending, Facebook's parent company Meta. They're planning massive layoffs this week. This is after a 70% fall in their market share. And finally trending, the Powerball jackpot hit $1.2 billion, its second highest total ever. There I, think was, it's, I think it's $1.9 billion. Is it up to $1.9 yeah, $1.9 billion. I believe there will be a drawing tonight mm-hmm. for anybody who is inclined to play are either one of you two? Yes, inclined. I am now. So really, so like, okay, th- this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So for like, when it was weeks ago, five hundred million. Mm-hmm. That didn't incline you to play <laughs> when it got that B. But in the one point nine billion, yep. because you would be able to spend four hundred million in your entire life. <laughs> I'd give what, it a shot. How, work, work through this for me. How, what what is it about one point nine billion? Or let's say when it was one point two billion. What what? What's the difference? I think it got my attention finally. Like before, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. But now, there's been no winner Uh and no winner and no winner. Uh Heck, maybe I'll be the winner. Sure. So, yeah, uh, all winners have to pay federal taxes on this. And there are eight states that don't charge state taxes on lottery winnings. So if you were so inclined to play, maybe call a buddy in California, Florida, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington or Wyoming and have them buy your ticket because they won't have to pay state taxes there. Well, you notice we do here in Indiana because Republicans in Indiana love taxes. So there's (laughs) just even California is like, whoa, we're out on that one. And Indiana's like, come on, baby. So let me ask you're not going to play no okay because i know i'm not going to win <laughs> so why would i just what is it two dollars to yeah, play yeah how many tickets are you going to buy just one just one yeah are you do you do computer generated numbers or do you pick them yourself it depends on how long the line is if the line is long i'll just computer generate it but if I've, if, if i'm the only one there I'll, I'll take some time with it because my grandmother like voting yeah she yeah you're that person <laughs> hurry up you ain't gonna win anyway, lady. I got places to go. My grandmother used to do it based on birthdays. Yeah, in the birthdays family. and anniversaries. And of course, she never won anything. And I'm sure <laughs> I would imagine the vast majority who win are people who just let the computer pay. Mm-hmm, hopefully. All right, let's head to Pennsylvania quickly. Uh, Pennsylvania Democrat Senator candidate John. Fetterman, yeah, let's hope he's not a senator. Yeah, candidate. He said during a uh, Saturday night speech that he supports the push to codify Roe v. Wade, but he also celebrates its demise. You know, I obviously hope Fetterman loses because he would be disastrous for this country, but uh, there will be part of me that will miss the routine Fetterman audio Mm -hmm. because uh, who knew, Casey? Makes such great content. John Fetterman is very supportive of the demise of Roe versus Wade. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. And I just keep picturing the meme that was going around all weekend where he was standing at the podium and the flags blew over. Yes. Very symbolic. Can we play that again? Because I want to ask you a quick question. I know we got to get to a break, but I want to play you. uh, I want to ask you a quick question. Sure. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. 
Okay, so he he there's like a pause after he starts to say Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. and then he sort of says Wade, and then it trails off. Do you think that's because he recognizes in the middle of what he's saying <laughs> what he said? I just said it, or can he literally just not get the words out? Because it's really not hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I celebrate the the enact whatever word you wanted to use the codifying of Roe versus Wade. Like, mm-hmm. but Roe versus Wade is not a hard thing mm-hmm. to say. Certainly, if you're running for United States Senate and or are a United States senator. So is it that, in like, the way his brain works right now, did he realize in the middle of it what he was saying and then tried to pivot out of it, or is he just, is his brain just that far gone that he can't even say Roe versus Wade? Does it matter? Either way? No, it I doesn't. mean, either way, it's it's an awful thing. Uh, by the way, as the race is entering its final final moments, Real Clear Politics has Oz up by 0.1%. Uh, okay, when we come back, mm-hmm. uh, I have a shirt to show everyone on the YouTube chat, just for you people. i got a very fabulous present that I want to show. Mm-hmm. And Joy Reid of MSNBC mm. was super insulting, even by MSNBC standards. All right, we'll get to those coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 9.33 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Of course, you can join us on YouTube if you'd like to watch. Just type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into the YouTube search bar. And you've got something to show off, Yes. Uh, Somebody sent me this the other day, and I'm just now getting to it, so I apologize for the delay. I was going to... uh uh, I needed to do this today because I would like to wash it when I go home because I'm going to wear it tomorrow for Election Day. And I'm uh, putting this up here on the YouTube <laughs> chat for everyone to see. And it says, friends don't let... Fr-. It's a t-shirt. And it says, friends don't let friends vote for bad Republicans. And Fantastic. whoever... There was no name with whoever sent this to me, but thank you very much. I'll be wearing that tomorrow on Election Day. Look at you. And it is... It's just the most appropriate thing in the history of ever. And I... I love, I'm going to miss election season because I'm going to miss the people who over and over and over and over and over again try to make me into the villain Mm -hmm. for saying you have to earn my vote. Like, this is what voting is for me. It is not a giveaway. Letters don't matter to me. People earn my vote, which is the way it should be. And in this year, unlike any other year that I remember, because the Republican Party has nominated such egregiously atrocious candidates in the form of Diego Morales and and the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, people have nothing. Like every person who comes at me, it's you're going to hand this to the Democrats. I saw that all weekend long. A lot of people <laughs> tweeting to you. Well, Rob Kendall, if Destiny Wells wins Secretary of State, it's because of you. <laughs> First of all, the idea that you think I am so powerful that I can single-handedly sway in a, a statewide election is hilarious. Everybody should hire you yeah, if th- that's the case. Thank you for that. campaign manager. But Diego is going to decide whether Diego gets to be the Secretary of State for six months or a year or however long that is. I mean, there was one guy who came at me over the weekend on social media and said, well, I voted for Diego's replacement. And I said, think about the world we're living in. You're blaming the radio broadcaster, (laughs) but you admit you're voting for a guy because of the voter fraud allegation that you don't, you admit, that's not me, this is you coming to me, saying you're going to vote for a guy who is so bad you don't think he's going to serve out out his term. You think he will be removed from office and somehow the guy who simply says look I make candidates 
earn my vote. This is somehow my fault. Mm -hmm. This is what we've reduced ourselves to, that the Republican Party has become so pathetic that they nominate candidates who are so bad that all you have to do is say, it's your fault. You are going to hand this to the Democrats. No. (laughs) People should vote for people who earn their votes. And in this case, many, many people believe Jeff Moore, the libertarian, has earned their vote. And Diego Morales, the Republican, has not. I am so sick of people blaming me for stuff. I don't. I can't raise anyone's taxes. I can't lower anyone's taxes. I can't wake you, make you wear a mask. I can't not wake, make you wear a mask. I can't close your business. I can't keep it open for you. Why don't you blame the people who can? You are the messenger, and it's easy to yell at you. I don't know if you saw this, but IndyPolitics.org wrote an article over the weekend about Diego Morales, and it says, sources say Indiana State Police reached out to the Indiana Election Division requesting copies of the state's residency statuses. The state police told IndyPolitics there's no official investigation into Diego Morales. and, And look, if you think you're going to punish me... (laughs) <laughs> and I see this sometimes in our little chat on over on YouTube or I'm so happy I canceled Rob's vote. No, you're not you're not punishing me. You're you're punishing you because Todd Young is not going to stop spending the money, which means inflation is not going to get any better. I mean, I guess by default you're punishing me because I'm in this little stew with all of you people who vote out of fear, who are out and out cowards, who nobody can tell me anything good about Diego or Todd Young. It's always you're going to enable the Democrat. That's how you vote? Mm. That's that's all you think of yourself? You're not you're punishing me by the fact that you're punishing society. But you're not hurting me directly because you own these people. The next six years with Todd Young, you're responsible when he adds another $11 trillion to the deficit. You're going to be responsible for whatever happens next year if Diego Morales gets across the finish line. The embarrassment that he will be and what will come of that. Because if you think, if he wins, that the media is not going to make just be unmerciful on this guy to the point where he's very likely going out one way or another... You're dreaming. You own that. I will sit back twiddling my thumbs going, you're not punishing me at all. And it's weird that you would vote based on, I'm going to get Rob Kendall. I'm going to, I'm going to show him. I'm, I'm going to show him, Casey. What a weird world we live in. Okay. You mentioned inflation and let's talk about how Joy Reid, the MSNBC host, she was on Nicole Wallace's program, Deadline White House on Thursday. And she claimed that it is the Republican party that taught people the word inflation. And here's where I come in, Rob. I grew up in the seventies, bell bell bottoms and all. And I will tell you every Friday night, This was standard ops at my house. Every Friday night, my dad would take my mom's car down to the Shell station, which was a little bit farther away than the closest gas station. But that's where we went to get gas because it was cheaper there. And he would fill it up so that she didn't have to wait in the long line at the gas station of the 70s. And I would go with him. And then after that, we would go grocery shopping. And this was the deal. It was like our date every Friday night I yes. would go with dad and I got to pick out one treat for being his helper. Oh. And my treat, I could have anything in the grocery store. Yes. 
under a dollar. Oh, yeah. So it was not the Republicans of today that are educating the world about inflation. This has been around for a while. We know what the word means. Yes, and and, and this is another example of MSNBC thinking any person who doesn't rank and file straight vote Democrat is just being conned, hoodwinked, you know, bamboozled, whatever word you want to use, and that you're generally just a stupid person. Listen to this from Joy Reid. You know what's so interesting, too, is that I have actually never heard a person who isn't an economist or works on CNBC. I used to do CNBC a lot as a guest. I actually used to do Larry Kudlow's show all the time, a couple times a week. And the only people I ever heard here use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com- the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word and they, they sort of wrap this word around whatever it is that they really want to vote, with the, the, you know, the reasons they really want. Okay. So, okay, um, <laughs> I was laughing hysterically when I uh, read this. Kevin, you will appreciate this because we're about to talk about music here. So, I, I just happened, happened to be listening to a, he was kind of an obscure artist, had one mega hit. The guy's name was Gary U.S. Bond. Mm-hmm. Quarter to Three was his mega hit, I think like in 1961. And he had a bit of a resurgence in the early 80s, uh, and he did a song called I'm out of work. Mm-hmm. And I just so haven't I had just been listening to that. I'm going to read you. So this is 1982. And remember, it's only what journalists and Republicans who mention inflation. So this this is an obscure artist from the 1960s who had a brief resurgence 20 years later, 1982, from the song I'm out of work. Here's the lyrics. Hey, Mr. President, I know you got your plans. You're doing all you can now to aid the little man. We got to do our best to whip that inflation down. (laughs) A last time I checked, Gary U.S. Bonds was neither a journalist nor a hardcore right-wing Republican. Everybody in the 19th... Casey, correct me if I'm wrong. You're slightly older than me, so Mm -hmm. you experienced some things I didn't. Just a minute or two. Uh, In the late 1970s and early 1980s, that's all any person was talking about Mm -hmm. was inflation Mm -hmm. and how it was destroying society. So any person that is, say... I'm not trying to age you, but for, for is it safe to say anybody 45 years of age and up has an intimate understanding mm-hmm. of inflation and the impact it's had on their life? Absolutely. The term was so common, it appeared in advertising products. Bisquick. <laughs> okay. In 1975, Bisquick had an advertisement. Inflation presents the dumpling. That was the ad. You had the box of Bisquick. Inflation presents the dumpling, a new way to eat to save money. So Joy Reid is off her rocker. And it's insulting. It's it's not even like we differ on opinion. It's insulting to say nobody knows about this. And it's basically like it's not real. The only reason you know about it is because of Republicans. What? Yeah. No, she's just flat out wrong. It is 944 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Ted Cruz is all fired up. And we're going to hear from him coming up from 93 WIBC. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. What the, what the heck was that? That promo? What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> you look good to me. I'm easily the best-looking man on this radio station. <laughs> Not that that's saying much, because it's Cats and Hammer and Nigel. The bar's pretty low, and, Rob And Kendall. I agree, you could be on TV, because you totally were on TV, but that's, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty well-preserved, man. That, that was that surprised you, didn't it? I'm almost still at my driver's license weight from 20 years ago. <laughs> it's 948 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about what's going on in Colorado. Senator Michael Bennett, he's running against uh, Republican Joe O'Day in Colorado's U.S. Senate race. And Colorado, which, by the way, Biden won by double digits in 2020. And uh, it's now becoming an unexpected battleground. Well, all these places are. Because I think the majority of people, regardless of where you live, say for maybe you know a California, but even New York. I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I take that back. Other than say for California, it mm-hmm. appears that almost every state in the union is becoming somewhat in play. Now, the Oregon thing, kind of an anomaly with governor because there's a third person running who is pretty liberal, who's taking votes away from the the, the Democrat. It, allegedly. But for the most part, states that are normally not in play are now in the realm of possibility because the Democrats' governance has been so bad. And that includes Colorado, which not that long ago was a swing state. I think Bush won it twice, uh, but has become progressively more left. But look, at the end of the day, if you can't afford food and you see your state and your nation spiraling out of control the letter doesn't matter and so O'Day uh was the preferred pick in the primary he's a businessman he's uh, definitely a more moderate republican uh he, you know he he ran against uh ran against Trump so it, it, not to say he's going to be any gift to society if he wins but it is putting an example a seat that was deemed incredibly safe is now rapidly closing and this and this is why this audio clip we're going to play is why so they had a debate mm-hmm. and Michael Bennett who is the incumbent republican or incumbent democrat I'm sorry yeah. is attempting to gaslight America by saying Democrats did not mislead the public by calling it the Inflation Reduction Act and that the spending from the Inflation Reduction Act and others is not driving inflation. Mr. Bennett, you voted for President Biden's so-called Inflation Reduction Act. That plan is aimed at reducing carbon emissions by 40% by 2030, expanding the clean energy economy, and lowering health care costs. The Inflation Reduction Act will not, according to the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, reduce inflation in any meaningful way. Did Democrats mislead Americans by calling it that? And do you have any concerns that the plan's spending will actually make inflation worse? Uh, I, I don't think we misled the American people, and I don't think the spending is going to make it worse. Nope. So he voted, Bennett voted with Biden 98% of the time, and now he's turning around and blaming Biden for the spending spree that caused inflation and failing to secure the U.S. border with Mexico. Who does that sound like in Indiana? Yeah. 
Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, well, you say anybody it, coming to mind? You say it, Casey, because if I say it, I get in trouble, and the YouTube people yell at me. Duke of Spendingburg. Yeah, that's right. The, these people are all the same, and this is what people need to realize. And if you realize it, and you still do it anyway, then that's okay. Nothing's going to change. Let, let's say again. Let's say the Republicans take fifty-two seats in the Senate, and they have uh, a seventy-seat advantage in the in the House. I'm just making things up. Let's say it's you know two fifty to one eighty-five. What do you think is going to change? <laughs> is there anything in the in the and you can hate me for saying for asking this question. I realize it's egregious that I'm asking a historical uh, a historical question. What in the history of the Republican Party since 1988 would show you at any point that they are committed to getting federal spending under control at at all? What? Hell, the, the only thing nine, that I, nine, 1994 in the contract with America, there was a brief moment in time mm-hmm. where they did do that, and then they totally got obsessed with impeachment, and we went right back to where we were before. Go ahead. The only thing that I would say is that the spending may not change, but the priorities of where the spending is going to may change. But that that doesn't help me. That doesn't help you. You and I are not going to benefit from Republicans spending the same amount of money just giving it to a different set of donors and lobbyists. We don't we don't benefit at all from that. I mean, Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, is way too nice about it, but he's made it clear. You cannot interest rate your way Mm -hmm. out of inflation. The federal government has to stop spending money. And there is, in their own words, and there is, in their own actions, nothing that tells you the Republicans are committed to doing that. That That is a factual statement. Tell me anything of the past 22 years. George Bush was elected basically right now, 22 years ago. The past 22 years, is there anything in there that you would say, you know what, things are really going to change and they're really going to get better? We have got people addicted to legalized vote buying. We have got people addicted to giving them, air quote, free stuff in exchange for their vote. The Republicans are not going to walk away from that. Yeah, you can't save your way to prosperity. And a new Emerson College poll says that Bennett is leading by seven points over O'Day, 49 to 42. But at the last minute, just like Chris Christie is saying, that he believes that the Republican in Colorado is going to pull off an upset victory. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And do we have time to get to this Ted Cruz story or should we save it? Uh, let's do it real quick. Ted Cruz saying he wants Merrick Garland and Alejandro Mayorkas impeached. Let's play the audio and then I, I want to ask you a question about this. Go. We need real congressional oversight. We need hearings. We need subpoenas. I believe Congress should impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. And I think we should impeach Merrick Garland, the the most abusive attorney general and most politicized attorney general this nation's ever seen. Okay, I get that the Democrats have started this with the ridiculous impeachments with two of Trump. Mm -hmm. But... Does impeachment even have any meaning anymore? Like, what what have they done to be impeached? Bad governance, awful governance, mm-hmm. is not an impeachable offense. And we just are just on both sides now, just throwing this out. You can't govern if you're trying to impeach everyone. The impeachment hit list: Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Merrick Garland, Anthony Blinken, and also Alejandro Mayorkas. Nine fifty-five. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Thank you for listening this morning.